Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School. We're going to talk today about diversification of your income portfolio. I am excited about this episode big time because this pandemic, COVID-19, came out of nowhere. Or did it? If you track history, pandemics have hit every 10, 20, or even 50 years, depending on the severity of the pandemic. So even though this one caught us by surprise, it's safe to say if you operate a solo cleaning business or any business for a career, you're going to need a way to pandemic-proof your business. This realization hit me as I look back at these past two weeks in business and really looking back across the scope of this entire pandemic. So I'm going to break down my own personal business on this episode and how COVID-19 has affected me. I've also interviewed 10 other cleaning company owners with various sizes and numbers of employees and was able to verify my discoveries. But before I dig into that, I do want to share some actions that I've taken over these past two weeks, and they involve way more then just figuring out diversification of my business, me doing some analytics, studying my numbers. I actually did some real work in my solo cleaning business this week. But let me start with this. Every once in a while, you're going to get hit with something. I shared in recent podcasts that going through the loss of my Nana was extremely difficult. And I needed to devote a lot of time to preparing for the funeral and just grieving And so I wasn't able to do a lot for my cleaning business for a few weeks. And that's okay. I gave myself permission. It's okay. I also had a few weeks where my mom was in the hospital for COVID-19. That was stressful, very stressful. And I'd lost a lot of time there, going back and forth with my siblings, hearing reports from the doctors, praying. And so I had to also reprioritize my cleaning week. And these past two weeks have been no different. If it's not one thing, it's another. I just wanted to be real because real things happen to real people and I'm not perfect and things happen. You're going to have issues. So I'm the point of contact for my family for my Uncle Dave. And my Uncle Dave, he's awesome. He's always been great to me. He's in his late 50s. And it wasn't until about five, six years ago that we finally got him diagnosed for what we wondered for years. What is different about Dave? Well, a comprehensive psychiatric evaluation with over 10 interviews going back to David's childhood revealed that he is indeed autistic. Honestly, it wasn't a huge shock to me as I've had some clients and friends with autistic kids. So I wondered, and there isn't currently an Asperger's diagnosis anymore. Everything's classified on the autism spectrum, but Uncle Dave is definitely high functioning and would have been called Asperger's. Nevertheless, I spent a lot of time while still in New York helping my uncle and getting him approved for a waiver, an adult waiver for autism through the Pennsylvania Bureau of Autism Services. And for the past two years since I've been back in Pennsylvania, I've been the point of contact, the one setting up the meetings, 
coordinating with the coordinators, getting all of his supports in place. It's a lot of work, and these last two weeks have been rough. Because not long ago, my Uncle Dave, with newly diagnosed diabetic as well, um, we'll just say this, he had a significant injury after a diabetic episode and he fell down the steps and broke several vertebrae it was really difficult I had to help guide him and the team through his emergency room visit into long-term stay and then ultimately into a rehab facility and then a respite and then looking into other options it's just been a lot of work and since I'm the point of contact I'm the one doing all the phone calls along with his amazing team of social workers, his SC, supports coordinator, his CS, community support. It's been a labor of love, but very difficult and time-consuming. Let's just say over these past two weeks, I have easily given up two to four full days of what I could have been using for work time, and it had to be done during the day, during business hours. It's difficult. You never know when an important call is going to come. So I had to approach these weeks in a different mindset, similar to what I did when I lost my Nana. It was, what is the most important things for me to do over these next two weeks while my uncle needs my help? And ultimately, it came down to this. I'm down on work as COVID-19 still hasn't brought back all of my old clients And I've been deep into a project of collaborating, of sharing my knowledge, of being a go-giver. And I knew that even though I wasn't going to get paid for sharing my knowledge now, I knew that it would play a significant factor later on. And it would be a huge help to my community. So therefore, I chose to prioritize my available cleaning time with cleaning work, which was already scheduled and cleaning collaboration to share my knowledge. Now let me just give you some examples of actions I've taken outside of helping my uncle, and then we'll dive in to that diversification piece. So here you go. Here's some actions I've taken over the past couple weeks. In my MCBA meeting, I was selected to do another showcase. And in a previous one, I shared on a podcast that I teamed up with another MCBA member and since the A stands for alliance, I thought it'd be good to do a real alliance. And so being that I was the first one to do that in our meeting, it kind of trickled down and other people started doing that as well, which was awesome. So I knew I needed to continue that. So in the showcase, I was chosen along with Jackie Silveri of EDS. So she does restoration with her company, mold, fire, damage, and stuff like that. But she also does disinfection services with the fogging devices, which is key for this time period. Being that we are in the same networking group, we did not want to overlap our services. So we figured out through a collaborative Zoom call what she was best at and what I was best at. And we discovered this. I do disinfection, but I do high-touch disinfection using the 80-20 rule. I figured out that 20% of the surfaces have 80% of the germs and the pathogens. So I focus on the 20%. I don't do every single surface. Her company does do every single surface using a fogging device, electrostatic fogging device. And this does hit every crack and crevice and disinfects everything. That service is more pricey, but it covers the entire 100%. 
And we went with that and we developed a presentation to accentuate each other and to collaborate and how can we serve our networking group and our community through the services that we offered. And that was a great call. We planned out our showcase and we nailed it that following week. I talked about the nine, guess what I'm going to say, the nine mistakes in disinfecting and how I do disinfecting. And she shared how she does disinfecting with her company and other services they offer. So it was a very informative showcase. I was also invited and did two interviews on Zoom with Shelby Miller and Trisha Luterati from my local Keller Williams brokerage house. And they had some great comments, some great questions. And of course, we talked about, you guessed it, the nine mistakes in disinfecting. What I am astonished about is the number one feedback I get from doing this presentation is the part about bleach. No one knows that bleach has a 24-hour shelf life when it's mixed and diluted in water. And they don't realize that the bleach in the one-gallon jug has a one-year shelf life. So although bleach is effective to disinfect in many scenarios, it's not effective for very long. And so people don't realize that. They mix it in a bottle, they put it on a shelf or on a table, and they say, here you go, use this when you want to disinfect. And it's a great piece of advice. It's a great thing to use for 24 hours, and that's it. So people are really interested. And I could see Shelby and Trisha's brow furrow a bit as they slip their hands up in recognition of, yes, I am one of the 90% that does disinfecting incorrectly, and this is the one where you got me, Ken, on the bleach. It happens all the time. It's amazing. So those presentations went really well, and we did those as a service to their audience that they're building up locally, and they're helping people in the community with bringing on local professionals. So I was the cleaning guy. No, they've had a mortgage guy and financial services and legal and health and a yoga instructor and all kinds of different professional services that would help the community and just educate them on fun things to do or the things that they should learn to be safe. And obviously, I was very thankful to Trisha and to Shelby for including me in that Because not only do I get to educate, but it's a great opportunity for me as well. Because now my material goes out to their audience and we're collaborating. We're helping each other. I share their information with my audience. They share my information with theirs. It's a wonderful summation process. I help them. They help me. We help each other. It's addition versus competition. It's awesome. I've alluded this on past podcasts. But I've been helping my local chamber, the Indian Valley Chamber of Commerce, through our president, Stephen Hunsberger, and I've helped to moderate, facilitate some Zoom webinars for our chamber. And I was invited by Stephen to do a presentation to the chamber on, okay, you just say it out loud, what is it? The nine mistakes in disinfecting. What was unique about this presentation is that I had over 30 people from the chamber on a Zoom call, and I was given a full hour. That was awesome. I took my time and went into great detail. And at the end of that presentation, I was astonished. People stayed on, had questions. We did some Q&A after. 
I got some emails afterward of people thanking me. I personally followed up with the guests that were there, friended them on Facebook or on LinkedIn, thanked them for coming, sent them video emails even in some cases. One of the email responses is from my buddy Tom Merrick of Tom's Help Desk. He's got two stores in Skipback, Pennsylvania and Milford Square slash Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Super generous guy. I will just give a shout out to Tom because he has given away recycled computers to my son who then turned and flipped them once he fixed them and made some money. Tom is a great leader in our community and a tremendous giver. So I just wanted to give him a shout out. But here's what Tom emailed me back. said, Ken, that was a really great presentation. I'm the president of our local Skip Back Business Owners Network. And I'd love to have you come in and share the same presentation with them sometime. Would you be open? And he was meaning me to do a presentation in person versus a Zoom one, which would be great because I've been doing these through Zoom. This time I could actually go to a place when COVID is finally over and talk to people face-to-face, shake some hands. It'll be awesome to do and just meet the community. Am I afraid to do something like this? Would I be afraid to do public speaking? Yes, I'm always afraid to do it, but I do it anyway. But I've also done it enough over the past several years that I can go and do it. And for the first few minutes, I'm a little nervous, but I get over my nerves. So if what I just said just scares you, it's okay. You've got to learn how to get over your fear to become successful. Sometimes I get afraid just to get on this microphone and share a podcast or to have a video recorded of me or get on Zoom. I just get over it. Yes, it's hard. I'm an introvert. I promise you I am. But I am able to do this, overcome my fear, and it gets easier. I promise you it gets easier. Okay, that was a little side note, overcoming your fear. Here's what else I've done these past few weeks. I shared recently that I was working with a veterinary hospital that I currently clean for as their building has nearly tripled. I spent a whole day making a map. And if you listen to that episode, you're thinking, this guy is drawing pictures How is that helping anybody? But it truly is. I shared how that map ended up on the refrigerator of the vet, and they were so pleased. Well, that map and me took another step in the adventure. Now that we had a map that everybody liked, we went back and forth on email as a team. Myself, the owners of the vet, and one of the office staff. And we coordinated and collaborated. And at the end of the week, here's the result. I was given permission to expand my cleaning service and I put together a PowerPoint presentation with the map that I gave them. I sound like Dora the Explorer. The map, the map, no. Anyway, I took the map and made five versions of it showing what I currently clean and the price and offered variations of increasing price and showing on the map with shaded squares and rectangles how much I would be able to increase to and the price for that particular option. It was a visual proposal. I've never done one like this. It was so simple to read versus several pages. It was literally just a PowerPoint presentation, like I said, and you could just scroll through a slideshow. Boom, here's what he's doing now. Okay, that makes sense. It costs this much. Boom, here's what he could do. Option one, boom, boom, boom. Gave him five options and emailed it to the doctors. So this will be really fun to see which one they choose. I'm excited about a big increase. 
But the lesson learned here is collaboration. I went to work with their team to help them achieve a goal. And ultimately, it pays off for all of us. Win, win, win is always a good equation. I also connected with another TLF buddy of mine, Brad Imming, who's local to the Philly area of SEP Pathfinders. He helped me set up Google Tag Manager and Google Analytics on my cleaning website, also on my solo cleaning school website. And it's really awesome. Now I can look at analytics and see who's coming on my website. And if any of you are looking at my website from this podcast, I can now see where you found it. So thank you, Brad, for helping. He's uh, holding my feet to the fire at some point in the near future. I need to identify some goals on what do I want to achieve my websites. And he's going to help me do that through Google Analytics. So I'm looking forward to that. Thank you so much, Brad. Brad does do great work in this arena. So if you have any questions on Google Tag Manager or Google Analytics, feel free to reach out to Brad. I'll link his business in the show notes. I also got a call from Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've mentioned a realtor that works for them, Mary Ann Alec, who is a BIB member with me. She referred me and I got my first call, which led to a new cleaning job, which is awesome. So I was very thankful. The job was a move out cleaning, which I was able to get $250 for. Awesome. I collected the payment online. You can see how I've focused these past few weeks on collaboration, but also on cleaning And here's the last part on content. So those are three C's, right? Cleaning, collaboration, and content. All are very important. I've shared how I've done the first two. Here's the content I did for these two weeks. I went through my cleaning emails and I identified people that I've done business with recently or collaborated with. And I just emailed them back, asked them if I could add them to my newsletter. And of course, most people say yes. And finally... I took my nine mistakes in disinfection presentation and I broke it up into two minute videos. And those two minute videos, I put little thumbnails and images at the beginning and the end, put some sound effects, made them fun. And I wrote content around them and scheduled the whole thing using YouTube and MailChimp to get those into the calendar for the entire month of May. Boom. That was awesome. So I now had content through my newsletter going out. Each week, two mistakes in disinfection would go out to my growing list of email subscribers. That's the content piece. And again, who knows where this goes, but I have a feeling that these three C's will lead to some good things. All right, now let's get to the meat. Oh, we've already had some meat, haven't we? I mean, the title of this episode, Pandemic Proof Your Business. Let's blaze through this because it's powerful. First, let me walk you through my own personal business. Prior to COVID-19, I earned one third of my income through cleaning, another third of my income through membership groups, such as the Solo Cleaning School Premium Membership and the Smart Cleaning Tribe Membership. The other third of my income is through the business sale proceeds that I still earn for yet a couple more months when I sold my first solo cleaning business back in 2018. Those three income sources, each equaling one-third, and my plan is to grow the cleaning part a lot, and also to grow my online part a lot, knowing that one third will drop off 
when my old business is fully paid for. So in general, it's really awesome for me because two-thirds of my income is fairly stable. One-third of my income is guaranteed through monthly payments through a certain amount of time. The other third of my income is through online payments through PayPal. Now, that could go down as people are affected and they can't afford memberships. That can certainly happen, and we'll see. And you might be someone selling a cleaning business, and you'll have those proceeds if another pandemic hits. But let's discount that part for you. I think it's a cool idea for you to have an income outside of cleaning. Maybe you do have some kind of an online presence or a course or a book that you've written or something else that you do on the side. It's always fun to have a side hustle. I really think that's a cool opportunity, especially if you do the solo cleaning optimizing through the ISO model as I teach. If you do that, then you'll have the time and the money to do other projects. So that's a great opportunity for you to diversify your income. And getting away from cleaning itself gives a little bit more cushion. So when a pandemic hits and you can't leave the house, it's great to make money from home. Amen? Yes, amen to that. Now let's dig into the third of my income that's cleaning. Of that one third, half is through commercial cleaning which are small offices for me as a house cleaner. The other half is through residential, which are the houses. My houses are down two-thirds, and my offices are not down at all. In fact, my offices are about to go up potentially 40% due to some new clients potentially coming in, the need for disinfection services, and the collaboration I mentioned with that veterinary hospital, how one of those five options will likely be chosen soon. So what's my takeaway on diversification? Well, commercial cleaning and residential cleaning, they are two different niches within solo cleaning or within the cleaning industry as a whole. Most people, when they think of cleaning, oh, I'll do houses. Sometimes you don't realize that offices are a great option. They are easy to do, they are well-paying, and they are rock solid, steady, they're awesome. And house cleaners with the house cleaners mindset can tear up cleaning small offices because a lot of janitorial companies aren't super detailed and the house cleaner's eye is way more detailed and we can do really great work inside of small offices where the owner or the office manager is there really paying attention to things. But here's why house cleaners do not go into commercial. Number one, it is harder to get these clients. It's a much longer process. The closing rate is less. There is less turnover, meaning it's harder to get into one because they have long-time cleaners. And unless someone messes up, it's hard to get in. And the proposal process takes longer. It's more professional. And the biggie, it's nights and weekends. So there it is if you break down the pros and cons. But I want to offer this huge pro. During this pandemic, it was a massive pro because I could count on that income. And coming out of this pandemic, when the houses come back, I'll be way up because my commercial held me together financially and it's growing. So when the residential does come back, it's going to be awesome. And let me wrap up this episode as I was very interested in this discovery about commercial cleaning as potentially a way to pandemic-proof your business. Because as I said in the beginning of this episode, 
Pandemics are going to hit, and where are you when they do? How is your business positioned against the next pandemic? I interviewed 10 other cleaning business owners, mostly with employees, from around the country, and here's what they told me. And these are in no order. The crisis clobbered the residential house part of my business. I'm down 50%. I'm down 90%. I'm down 100%. I'm closed. But I have some commercial clients and they actually wanted me to clean more. I was only there once a week. They wanted me three times a week. Another one, I was there once a month. They wanted me every week. My commercial accounts want me to do deep cleaning and disinfection services. I don't have time to get it all done. My commercial cleaning is way up. My residential is way down. So I could go into percentages and numbers, but in interviewing 10 other companies, I walked away with this stunning revelation that commercial cleaning, although it's not perfect, because yes, there was one or two people in the commercial side of things that work in schools and in churches and things that were deemed non-essential, unfortunately, they got clobbered like residential. So if you look at the specific niche, commercial cleaning and businesses that were essential, that were going to stay open, or even the ones where the employees had to go home for a couple months, but they still wanted their office kept up. There are a ton of offices that still need office cleaning and many want more. So if you go away from churches and schools and dive deep into essential services like maybe small medical offices like I have the veterinary hospital or things connected to construction where there's office space that needs to be cleaned or possibly therapy offices or psychiatrists or accounting firms and law firms. There's so many of them. Go get you some of these because they were in need of cleaning when houses were demolished. So my parting advice in this episode is do the three C's. Make sure you have collaboration, content, and cleaning in your business. And also make sure that you diversify your business by adding commercial cleaning. It might take you a while. It's not easy to get, but once you get them, they're awesome. Final example, in my first solo cleaning business in New York, I had a commercial cleaning account, a law firm. It was $600 a month that I had for 12 years. Every weekend, I would clean it. It was easy, and no matter what happened, that money was guaranteed, and when I had some serious financial issues in the first couple of years. Somehow that check was always there every month and it paid for the rent when we didn't know how the bills are going to get paid. So I'm so thankful that I started doing commercial cleaning early on in my business and I recommend that you do too because when the next pandemic hits and it will, whether it's next year or 10 years from now or 50 years from now, how are you going to be prepared? Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School class is dismissed.